I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest is Tyler Bastian. He's the principal at Roots, a farm-based high school in Utah, where he promotes positive and loving education for all his students. There, the students experience the full cycles of nature, from birth to life to death, as they care for the plants and animals that in turn provide their nourishment. It's beautiful that they are reconnecting with nature and our food, which so many of us have lost connection with. One of their core principles resides in the numbers 243, which means we love you. We has two letters, love has four, and you has three. That's how they get to 243. At every point in the school, 243 is visible, which reminds every student that they are loved. They base everything they do around the foundation of love and acceptance. Please welcome Tyler Bastian. Tyler Bastian, my man, uh, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being here. Thanks. I'm excited. Yes, me too. So Tyler is a high school principal of Roots Charter High School in Utah. This is off of their Instagram page. In quotes, we base everything we do on the foundation of love and acceptance. Boom. Oh my gosh. I like literally fell in love with you guys once I read that. <laughs> um, and Tyler, if you can just, um, you know, just give people just an understanding of what you know, so of what Roots is. So Roots is a farm-based school. And just if you can give people just an understanding of what a farm-based school kind of entails. Yeah, you know, we, we call it farm-based. I hate, I've always hated that term. I'm like, what is it? Yeah, what does it mean to be farm-based? What it, what it means is really we use the farm as a base kind of, or like a Petri dish is kind of, if you, if you can think about it that way, but it doesn't sound as good. Like farm Petri dish doesn't work, but <laughs> it's really for them to, to learn something and be able to apply it. You know, and I think that so many, so much of my education growing up, that is where I missed it. Like I'm, I've got really bad ADHD. 
I, I'm not a, the best learner on the planet. And so if I was able to like learn something and then do it, it's stuck. If I wasn't able to do that, or if I didn't see the authenticity on what I was learning, yeah, I was, I was set up for failure. And so the farm really is the laboratory where the kids can try everything that the teacher presents. Um, everything right. from the character that they get, you know, the reap what you sow, some of those concepts that we're pushing in the school, you know, show up, you don't show up and something dies. Like, and that's a, that's, that's a big deal to the math, you know, a math you're saying, okay, where am I going to learn this? The kid's like, Oh, give me till Thursday. And I'm going to show you where you're going to learn it. We're going to go build a green house or we're going to go measure um, these things. So really that becomes kind of their lens or their laboratory to, to try out what they learn. It also gives kids like me, um, you know, a, a chance to be outside, um, you know, and even deeper than that, a level one deeper, it gets them to see life cycles. Like it changes a kid to watch an animal be born, um, especially a kid who comes from a really toxic environment where he, he doesn't really see the purpose of life for him to uh, participate in or watch a pig be born is, is like it's truly transforming. And I've seen it. I've seen kids transform through that process of watching something else come into life. So. Wow. Wow. Tyler, can I ask, is it, so are you teaching like math and science and literature and things like that, but just implementing them into the farm and that's how they learn about those subjects? Yeah. So it's a full, we're a full accredited high school. So your diploma is the same diploma a kid would get if you went to the district school that's, you know, a couple miles away. So yeah, they're learning that, you know, you got the math one, math two, the biologies, everything that the school next door is teaching. We're just doing it in somewhat of a different, definitely a different format, a different way. Got so. it. And then just to take a step back too, uh, and talking about how, how your students are able to see the birth of, of an animal on that life cycle. What were some of the changes that you saw and the transformation that you saw in, in some of the students uh, with them witnessing that? So the best way for me to describe it is it is a softening like and that's my goal with the student is they come to us and they've been hardened through experiences through life through adverse childhood experiences they've been really like hardened to life and that main transformation is just that softening um you know we'll get a kid who's an active gang member and he'll show up and, and there's been times where I pulled them aside and been like, hey, you walked in, your shoulders were tense, you know, you're mad dog and everybody, you don't need to do that here. Like, you don't, you don't need to do that here. And they'll wow. be like, oh, you know, fuck, whatever, F you, I need to do that here. And it's like, okay, let's talk in two weeks. And, and more often than not, they're coming, they'll be like, Bastion or Tyler, they call me either one, you know, you're right, I don't need to do that here. And so that's that softening and, and kind of just letting um, letting their authentic self come out. Uh, these students, you know, one of the one of the worst things that happens with high trauma, high stress environments is that they lose their childhood. And so it's kind of creating an environment where that 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 childhood curiosity, that childhood, you know, just being a kid can come back. You know, and so oh, yeah. uh, so softening. Just, um, I'd, I'd say that the biggest thing that we're looking for. 
So cool, man. It's like just even in you saying that too, you're showing them a new world and a new way of being yep. and a new reality that doesn't have to be so focused around, all right, let me be tough. Let me show that I can maybe, you know, get angrier than the next person or use force or negativity um, or my strength, my physical strength in a way to make my presence be known or for me to establish myself here. That's like an incredible thing that you're able to show them another world where like, hey, you don't need to be so tough and mean. We can be love and we can be kind to each other here. That is insanely powerful just in itself. Why? It is. And I think, yeah, I think we so often you hear like the opposite of love is hate. And I'm like, the opposite of love is not hate. For me, the opposite of love is fear. Like fear. Yep. Um, and, and having that that fear and they come, they pretend to be tough, but, but the majority of what a student experiences in teenage years is fear. You know, they're mm -hmm. afraid of what people think of them. They're afraid of how they present themselves. They're afraid that they'll be viewed as weak and showing them mm -hmm. like, you know, you're loved here, no matter what, like if you want to continue to mad dog and be a total jerk, we'll love you. If you want to change and lose that facade, we won't love you more, but we'll love you the same as we like that. Your change is, is separate from how we love you. Yes. It's like, right. We're going to love you regardless based on how you act. And then it's, then I feel like it focuses more on that person. And it's like, well, am I happy the way that I'm acting? Like yeah. I'm going to receive love regardless. Right. But it's like, now what is best for me? Acting in anger and hate, probably not. Maybe more. Let me try this loving angle uh, and see how that goes. And dude, that's how, I mean, in high school, I mean, I was very outgoing and social and I was really friendly, but I would literally walk around school like I in moments of just like trying to have like a mean mug and face on. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a freshman or a sophomore or a junior, whatever it was, but being like, no one's going to come touch me. No one's going to mess with me. And like, I'm going to be meaner or tougher first before you're able to. And Tyler, you nailed it, man. It was all based out of fear. Yeah. You know, it, it was me being like, oh my gosh, I hope, you know, people accept me or I'm, I'm afraid that someone's going to get the best of me first. And I just, when I go back to that time in my life, in like those high school teen years, and I think a lot of us are probably just kind of being a disaster in a way of just being a kid and not knowing much and trying to figure myself out. And there's a lot of confusion there and there's really a lot of fear there. And um, I, I can't even imagine how much a school like yours would have changed my life at that time because during that time is when I needed love the most. Oh yeah. I really, right. And um, when you, when you act out in those ways, in those negative fearful ways, a lot of people perceive that as you just kind of being an asshole and mm -hmm. you being someone who's mean, who doesn't really deserve love. But in reality, we were the people who honestly needed it the most at that time. Yeah. And, and that's the, you know, I, I remember distinctly like getting to a point where I was incredibly shy in high school. Mm. And, and then one day someone's like, Oh, I thought you were like arrogant and cocky. And I was yeah. like, a light went on. I'm like, Oh, I would much rather all these people think that I'm arrogant and cocky than them realize that I'm like afraid of my own shadow and like incredibly shy. And so then I like tried to foster that side of being like, I'm too cool for everybody. And, and, and I look back now, I'm like, that was so dumb because like <laughs> people, you know, people don't hate shy people. 
right? They, they don't, yeah. I could have, you know, I probably could have overcome my shyness because I, that's a whole nother topic, but I'm like, shyness is not like a, a good character trait. So when people are like, Hey, Oh, don't, you know, just be careful with him. He's shy. I'm like, we got to break these kids of that shyness because that shyness is, is also fear-based. Um, you know, mm -hmm. you have social anxiety, social fears. And I'm like, that's not, you know, quiet is a, a character trait, but when, when parents are like, Oh, my daughter's just super shy. I'm like, Ugh, that's that, that, that's not, let's help her. Like, let's help her not be shy. Uh, and I moved Definitely. to, I moved to Honduras for two years and moving there forced me to, you know, learning a new language, learning uh, a new culture is where it forced me out of that shyness. Um, you know, and at this point, you know, I've spoken at a TEDx event. I do public speaking all, you know, and I, I do a lot of trainings and I do a lot. And I'm like, man, if my high school self could see, you know, me speaking to a group of, you know, 200 people um it would have changed I, you know i wish i could have, i wish my high school self could have seen the yeah. benefits of, of losing that attitude um and yes. so that's my goal with my students is really getting them to understand like you have nothing to fear like fear is <laughs> fear is a tool for you to buy stuff like that's the greatest thing is like people just want you to be afraid of stuff so that you, you consume their media, their products there. Mm -hmm. And that sounds like probably conspiracy theorists, but it, that's really what our society uses fear for is yes. to control. Tyler, I absolutely a hundred percent agree with that, that fear is, it's definitely there to divide us. You're right. The fear is there. If you don't look good enough, how, how you look right now. So buy some makeup or buy, buy this clothes. Fear is used in a lot of different societies and a lot of things in order to push an agenda or to, to go a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I, I totally agree where I feel like fear is definitely the opposite of love. Um, and when we can come from a place of love instead of a place of fear, our lives will literally change. And something I'm trying to work into my every single day, I'm trying to be very aware and conscious of this is always choosing love over fear. In every single situation, if I'm, uh, I don't know if I should do this because you know it's fear, I will try to pause and think about myself and like, okay, well, how can I choose love in this situation and choosing that instead? And it really, um, it will change your, it will literally change your entire life because it's really, really that simple. If in every single day, we're seeing things from a place of love and acceptance and openness, as opposed to being afraid and fear and negativity and scarcity, I mean, you can see right there how much your life can change and how much your reality will literally shift from a negative one into a much, much more positive one. Yeah. Um, and Tyler, I wanted to ask you this too. The, the kids that are in, in the high school, are they, is it only children or only kids who have come from um, high stress or high trauma environments? Somewhat. I mean, I, my student, so I have six of my own kids. And so my oldest two kids have both graduated high school. They both went to roots and graduated from roots. And so wow. um, they didn't necessarily grow up in a high trauma environment. They did mm -hmm. go to a school that was a scary place to be. Um, and so they do have, I mean, all of, I don't know if any of us can go from birth to 18 without experiencing some pretty heavy trauma in the world that we've created. And so they definitely yeah. needed roots, but predominantly I'd say 
we're 70% of our students come from risky environments, 70 to 80%. Um, I'd say 100% of our kids were not finding success in the traditional school model. Um, and so that's kind of the, that's probably the most, the statement that, that crosses, you know, all of our students is that they weren't finding success in the traditional model. Um, but the, as far as like high trauma, high, uh, ACE score or adverse childhood experiences, like, you know, kids that have experienced a lot of those, it's probably, I don't know, 50 to 60% being conservative of our students. Got it. And I guess, like, how does someone find you? Cause I was just thinking about myself in high school. Um, I, I mean, I, w- I was a pretty good student, but I had to try very, 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 very hard. I had to work really yeah. hard just to, you know, get B's and, and, and A minuses and stuff like that. So I think about myself at that time, it would have been nice to have had another uh, avenue or another way to go. How do people discover you guys? Does someone like reach out to you and they're like, hey, my, you know, my kid's not doing great at the traditional school. You know, I found you guys through social media or online or something like that. And, and then they just dive into a conversation to try to get a better understanding of what you guys are able to offer that is different than a traditional school. Yeah. So a lot of our students now are coming to us because they've fallen behind. And so they hear about our credit recovery program. And so they're hey, like, hey, like, you know, I didn't I didn't even go my ninth grade year or um, I got locked up my sophomore year, they have some sort of something got in the way of them finishing uh, classes or failing classes. And so they're coming to us saying, Hey, like I'm way behind. Can you help me get caught up? And we're like, absolutely. Like that's, that's what we do. And so the credit recovery is the big push and it's kind of word of mouth. Um, We, by design, we only have 200 kids. So we're small. That's a pretty small school in Utah where, you know, most high schools, uh, are in the thousands um, or, or, you know, a couple thousand kids. So we have a waiting list. We keep it small because, because of that sense of community. Like you, you have to, uh, you know, you have to go somewhere where everybody knows your name, which I think that's, isn't that like cheers or something? Cheers, yeah. yeah. But it, I mean, it's, it's super, it's true, you know, especially a kid who, you know, who's fallen through the cracks, you know, not only at school, but in their own home, they feel like they've fallen through the cracks. Um, yeah. and, and it's, it gets tough as a principal, as a teacher, if you go above 200, it's really hard to know each kid, to know a parent when they walk in be like, Hey, let me go grab Tommy. Um, you know, my kids schools, you know, it's frustrating. Sometimes you'll go in there and be like, Hey, I'm just here to pick up, you know, fill in the blank kid and they're like what's his student number and i'm like oh man like you've resorted to like my kid's a number and you're using that language and and it's all about they're not bad people it's just their schools are so big that yeah you have to you have to give them a number Mm -hmm. you know you got 10 tommies um and i don't want 10 tommies i want a tommy to feel like he's tommy and he's at roots and everybody knows him and so the small number makes it to where we don't we're not at we would never want to advertise. We'd never want to push. So we try to keep it word of mouth so that, um, so that we don't have too big of a waiting list. Cause my purpose also isn't to have, you know, a waiting list of a hundred kids that wish they were there, but no, that's one more rejection they're having in their life. And is that they're not allowed to come. Um, and so that's kind of, that's cool, man. Yeah. I love that sense of community and that close knit environment where everybody knows each other. 
I feel like in that sort of a situation, it's almost viewed as like more like a family. Yeah. Um, I mean, a 200 person big family, but still, you know what I mean? Like that closeness and that camaraderie and, and knowing, knowing each other is like pretty wild to know every single person in the school. So when a parent comes in, you know, their name, you know, who their, who their kid is. That's pretty remarkable. That, that's, that's definitely something that's really special. And it's something that, um, that the kids need. I needed it. You know, like when I was young, if I had had that sense of like, you know, wherever I go, like I've got somebody, you know, and, and getting yeah. into like the sad version of that is that they found, I mean, studies show that that is like the number one way to keep kids from taking their life is them understanding and knowing that they have loving adults that they can turn to. Wow. And wow. so that's a tough one. Cause you're like, okay, if we really want to get rid of suicide, we got to get rid of schools that have 3000 kids. Like you can't have it both ways. Like, and that sounds super like ominous and depressing, but you can't, you can't, you know, you can't have a, say it's a community, a school community, and then, and then put pack 3000 kids into a building and say that mm -hmm. they'll feel it. They're going to feel nothing mm -hmm. but small. Yep. So. Love is literally the answer. It, just, it is. It, it just like, it always just is like love is the yeah. answer. We throw love into the mix. We show acceptance and appreciation, forgiveness, kindness, compassion, it solves so many problems. Tyler, how did you get here, man? Like how, how did you become the principal of this sort of a school? So I, it's kind of a funny story. So I was a filmmaker. Um, I made documentary films, got hired uh, and I owned a paint company. So I'd been in, I'd owned this company for years. And I was just like, I don't want to spend my whole life, you know, painting houses. Right. And commercials. We did commercial and stuff. So I sold it in like, Oh, seven, Oh eight. I sold my company and I got hired on at a small school teaching filmmaking, documentary filmmaking. Um, within like one quarter, I was like, ah, these kids do not like, they can go on YouTube and teach themselves to edit. And they're a better, ed better, better editor than I am in like a month. Right. So mm -hmm. they don't need that. They need like character development. So I put together a curriculum, you know, a character development curriculum. And I got approved to teach that at the school I was at taught that and had like the curriculum had a ton of success. Like the kids were like, I am happier. Parents were like, hey, my kid is a different kid. Like this is, you know, this has made a huge difference in, in our family. So I was like, can I take that to a bigger scale? And so I can't, I tried to find like, okay, well, if I could create a character based high school, you know, based on, you know, these principles of love, you know, acceptance and these different things, what could, what would it need to also have? And so originally it was going to be like an entrepreneurial schools kind of get them in that, you know, abundance mindset where they're like, okay, I can, I can do this. I can use my talents. And then I was like, you know, this capitalistic society doesn't really need, like they'll get that if, if, if they want it. Um, but the farm and being outside and understanding life cycles, I'll share a quick story. We were, I was at like a supermarket and my kids, I mean, I'm like, these are smart kids and I'm biased. I'm like, my kids are geniuses. They're perfect. But I'm at this like floor freezer and I'm just like, as an adult, I'm flabbergasted because the whole thing is full of um, little chicken legs, you know, little drumettes. And like the loss of life is like, I was like, oh my gosh, that is a ton of animals 
and, and for some reason I had an epiphany. I'm like, we don't really think of the sacrifice that goes into this, you know, 60 foot freezer. Mm-hmm. And so I asked my daughter, I said, how many, how many chickens do you think lost their lives to fill this freezer? And she's like, I don't know, like 40 or 50. And I held up a bag and I'm like, how many drumettes are in here? And she's like, you know, 40. I said, okay, how many legs does chickens have? She's like two. I'm like, so how many chickens does this one bag represent? And it was just this like click, click, click. And then she was like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's a lot of chickens. And, and at the same time I was starting roots and I was doing these things and I was like, I want them to understand where the food comes from. Like that's probably, um, that's important. And, and, and even my kids who are raised pretty comfortably, they're not understanding where their food comes from. So then the farm and from there it kind of grew into like, wow, the farm actually has so many other components that'll be good. Um, so really, uh, I, I really want kids to experience something being born, something dying, and, and then them watching something, you know, that they planted grow. I think those life cycles we don't get enough of. Um, yeah. If we lived in a little tougher world, I'd be like, I really want a kid to actually slaughter something and, and themselves. Like, as meat-eating communities, for the most part, like, we don't respect that life it's like i'm not sure anyone should and this and probably a little bit of a tangent but i'm not sure anyone should eat meat unless they've experienced the taking of an animal's life for that meat um i I think there's a a level of disrespect that that naturally comes to even good people when you live in an environment that you're so disconnected from that loss of life to to give you that protein and so Mm -hmm. that was kind of the what started the farm aspect of the school. And then I went to back East to visit a school. I went to a school back East and a school in San Francisco that was doing some agricultural um, based things and just kind of fell in love. So I wrote the charter, got it approved. And then we opened in 2015. So. Wow. Wild. What a, what a cool story. And like a bunch of different things that happened along the way that, yeah, over time just kind of built up to mm-hmm. get you to to where you are right now wow and i just wanted to, it's an interesting topic about eating meat and you, the idea of having the perspective of you either slaughtering that animal or at least being there to experience what is happening mm-hmm. because tyler this is something that me and my brother talk about a lot how removed we are literally yep. there will be like a, a fruit or a vegetable and I'm like, I don't even know, like a jackfruit, literally, because I, I've, I've been moving over to being vegetarian um, for a bunch of different reasons. And like jackfruit was something I was like, where does this even come from? Yeah. What, like what, just being so detached from the food, the nourishment of our lives and just not knowing where these things grow, how they're grown, where they come from, so many things. And to be connected to that, I think is amazing. And I... I've had that thought before too. It's like when I was consuming, and I used to eat a lot of meat all before I kind of, you know, woke up to what's happening um, and brought my awareness more to the health aspects of eating meat, where it's coming from, how inhumane it is, all those things. I ate a lot of meat. One of the guys in my office back in New York used to call me meats because <laughs> I literally consumed and, and, two meals a day, I was eating meat every, every single time without a doubt. 
and um, having just more of that awareness and, and, you know, seeing slaughterhouses and seeing these certain videos, they're graphic and disturbing. And if we could be present, be in that situation, have to actually slaughter that animal or at least witness it, I think that would change a lot of people's minds and perspectives about what we're consuming, the amount of meat that the society consumes, um, and just try to paint that picture. And that's it. We need to be more connected to these things, you know, kind of just turning our cheek or, you know, kind of playing the, the ignorant card. And I used to play that. It's, 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 it's honestly, it's hurting to ourselves. It hurt me then when I wanted to just turn away from it because Tyler, I would see moments of like the slaughter and I'd be like, no, no, no. Or I'd see a video about it. And it's like, I don't even want to watch it because I knew what it would do to me. You know what I mean? And that kind of blindness is, is not good for anybody. And it's not good for the consciousness of the planet because we're just turning an eye to all of this slaughter um, and all of this killing. And I'm not saying everyone right now, you're a terrible person if you eat meat. You're, that's not this at all. I want to make that like super, super clear. I, again, used to eat a lot, a lot of meat. But just I, I think it's important for people just to open their minds more to how that meat is getting to them, how that meat is being raised, how it's being slaughtered in order to get to you. And just let those things maybe shift the way you think about stuff a little bit. Because that's what it was for me. It was like gradually over time. It wasn't like this big one, you know, for instance... Again, that is coming from someone who ate meat twice a meal every single day. So I was deep, really, really deep in it. And honestly, Tyler, your school is awesome because for me back then to have had a school like that, who knows, you know, instead of, you know, reaching this perspective at age 30 a few years ago, I may have, you know, been open my mind to this at age 14 or 15. Um, so it's just, it's, it's a really beautiful thing that you're doing. And I think, you know, if people go to the slaughterhouse and they do that and they say, Hey, this is just me. I choose to continue to eat meat. So like at least try to have those experiences so that you can make the best decision for yourself in the best consciousness place that you can be with all the information that is actually available to you. Yeah. Um, and do, t- yeah. And even with the plants too, just the whole life cycle too, of being able to guide something into existence. And that existence is going to nourish your body in a great way and then learning to do it again. And um, I just, I, I love that, man. I, I love that that's like a, a, a huge principle for you guys in terms of just being more connected with the nourishment and the food that we're consuming on an, on an everyday basis. Yeah, and it's, I think it's, if we really want to improve like self-worth and, and people seeing themselves as, as valuable in the world, we have to, even talk about that like if if you feel disconnected even from your food like how are you connected to anything like the basic you know necessities Mm -hmm. of life but even like drill down even deeper like we're not even connected to the air we breathe or the water we drink like we don't we don't seem to care like and, and Utah is a pretty conservative state. So it's, we have to be kind of careful, like environmentally, like how we talk about these things. But I'm like, wow, like, you know, if, if you're not even worried, like about the air you breathe, you know, it's going to be hard for you. You know, every religion teaches do unto others as you would do unto yourself. And it's like, you're treating yourself pretty poorly. That that saying doesn't even work like like that doesn't even work if you're not 
if you don't value yourself enough to take, you know, care of yourself, how do we expect you mm -hmm. to, you know, you know yeah. you'll end up doing unto yeah, others as you do unto yourself and what you do to yourself is abusive. And, and so it, it creates that cyclical, like, you know, and that's the thing is you, you people who hate others, it's not, has nothing to do with others. Usually if you, if you, if you look at it, it's, they, they hate what they see in the mirror and they reflect mm -hmm. that out on a hatred of others. I've never met anyone who, who really loved themselves that, that had enemies. Yeah. So true, man. I think everything is, our reality is a reflection of what's going on uh, on our inside. Yeah. And right, if you're in a beautiful, loving, open, accepting space, it's really difficult to have hatred towards somebody because you're just not even vibrating on that no. level where hatred can come into your reality, right? It almost like doesn't even exist for you because you're in such a high vibrational, such a good feeling state of mind that it really doesn't even come into your awareness. So I, I, I firmly believe that. I think when people are angry or negative or, or yeah, spewing hate, every time it has to do with what's going on internally with that person. You know, what are they going through? And instead of us saying, you know, screw this person, you're terrible, Again, like I talked about before, being in high school and being fearful and angry, like we're, those are the people that need love the most. Yeah. No, they, and they really do. They do. And I compare it when I teach my students about kind of hate, we talk about like that, you know, enmity and hate towards other, uh, you know, the example I use, it's like a door. Like if, if that door, you know, and, and I'll open the door just a tiny bit and I'm like, is this door open or shut? And even if it's open, you know, a half an inch, they have to say, it's open. I say, okay, so are you protected? Who controls whether it opens all the way? And they're like, well, whoever's strongest, like, or I can, I'm like, but when it's open, it's open. When it's shut, it's, it's safe and it can't be kicked in usually even. And that's what hate is. If you open that door, even a little bit to anything or anyone, you lose control and it can be pushed all the way open. But if you just say, I'm going to hate like truly I'm going to hate nothing. Um, and you close that door in your life. It's easier to, to not have it swing open in moments of rage or moments of frustration. Um, and so for me, I'm you know, really just teaching kids and, and working at that myself to really shut that door. Um, you know, and, and it has to be, has to be in everything. Like um, you have to really focus on it in every aspect and, in, in and, and really being mindful and attentive to, you know, if an animal is slaughtered in the, in the last moments of its life or really brutal, um, you're participating in that and understanding that if you're okay with it, that's, that's, that's fine. But, you, but if you're unaware of it, it's not okay. Like, you know, interesting. So, yep. Can I tell you, as I fell more into love, and with Spread Love Movement, I started it a few years ago. And every day I feel like I'm coming more from a place of love. And it's just opening my heart more and more. And it, it honestly, it's remarkable. It's one of the greatest gifts I've ever really been given in life. Um, and I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for it all the time. And Tyler, it, it's, it's having that perspective of oneness with everything. Mm -hmm. Loving everything and everybody, right? I truly love everybody. Do I have moments where I might get frustrated at somebody and have a quick moment of like, oh, I don't like you? Yeah. yeah. 
But then I really quickly try, I try to shift that and realize the truth of that we're all one and um, just love everybody unconditionally. In loving everybody and everything, that also goes to animals. They are living, yeah. they're, they're living, they're beings, you know what I mean? And it, it hit me and it's like, I'm going to, you know, preach all this love for everybody and I am taking part in, you know, this terrible thing that is happening to these living creatures. And that was really one of the things Todd, that, that really helped shift my, it was love. It literally was just love that was just consuming me and overtaking me that made me really start to be more aware and rethink about the things that I was consuming and, and, and taking in. And, and like you said, realizing that by doing that, even though I don't see what's happening behind the scenes, I'm creating that. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally the cause of, I'm the cause of that. Right. Um, and Tyler, something I wanted to ask you too. I definitely want to ask you about the the two four three. I love that. I know about one four three, which is I love you, and I know the two four three is we love you. Um, but with that too, Tyler, I, I feel like your mindset is just is great. I feel like what you're teaching the kids, love and acceptance, as like main pillars of your school, is unreal yeah. in like the best way ever. What are some of the uh, like, what would you say are like the overall guiding principles that you are really trying to implement uh, to these kids? So, I mean, for me, let me, I'll give you a little bit of background of the 243 and how we came up with it. I think that kind of helps you see kind of where, uh, where the school, we, our first couple of years, we were having like seven suicide attempts, six to seven suicide attempts every school year. And when you run those numbers, you're like, wow, like, at the time we had like 180 kids. I'm like, that is not okay. And that is super high. Yeah. Like, and people are yeah. like, well, it's, it's, it, it seems normal for the kids you're drawing. I said, well, I don't, I don't want normal. Like that's not my goal. Like I don't want like, yep. I don't want normal. And so really was trying to figure out like, okay, how do we, how do we, I'm, I, I, we try really hard to not be anti anything at the school. And so like suicide prevention can take on the tone of like a super anti, like don't do this, don't do this beef. And it's fear-based. Um, you know, yeah, exactly. Yep. It's fear-based. Whereas mm -hmm. if you're pro something like, no, we, it's not about what we're against. It's about what we're for. We're for. Um, that's, a, yes. it's always a more productive way to educate. It's a, it's a more, um, accepting environments if, if you if, if someone walks through a building they're like i have no idea what you're against you're like good like but you know what we're for it's everywhere mm -hmm. and so we we're trying to figure out okay how do we improve this suicide issue that we're dealing with in a way that doesn't almost exasperate it or cause other problems um you know i'm not big on like the clubs where it's like this is a club and this club is going to help you if they see you lonely because it still can create this hierarchy of why, why am I not a member of that club? Well, you're, you're who the club's here to serve. And I'm like, I want everybody to be a part of whatever we introduce. And so at the time I'm a, I'm a huge Mr. Rogers fan. And I was going back and reading some stuff about him and that one, four, three came up again. And it reminded me and I was like, Oh my gosh, like that is the ticket. I mean, he had that, in his, you know, he had the number placed different places. So I, we also are dealing with the school. So it's like, we have to kind of create some boundaries. You know, you don't want to constantly be like, Hey, I love you. I love you. I love you. So it was really just replacing that one with a two and creating more of a, we like, this is not about, you know, you and I, it's about 
all of us. And when, and when a teacher says, you know, Hey, you remember, you know, two, four, three, that kid's feeling like there's a lot more people behind that, uh, that love than just that one teacher. So we came in over the summer and we actually spray painted two, four, three. There's nowhere in the building you can stand and not see that number. So then we're able to tell the kids, Hey, if you're feeling lonely, look up and you'll, and you know, I get emotionally saying that like, look up and it's there. Like you're yeah. loved, like period. And for me, that was like, yes. it was huge. And, uh, I, you know, they needed it. They, that's all they need actually. Like they don't need like posters that say, you know, self-harm is, is, you know, is, is sad or self-harm because they know that, right? Like a kid who's self-harming, mm-hmm. it's not like he's like, this is what everybody wants me to do, right? Is cut. Now he knows like nobody wants me to do this, but that's all I got right now. Whereas it roots, you know, it's like creating this atmosphere where it's like, I just have to look up. Uh, and we went from the seven to zero. So we had, we went three years with no suicide attempts. We had hospitalizations for like ideation and stuff or kids that got in really bad places, but it really kind of, I don't want to say fixed because it's not like we're trying to fix each other, but it, it helped that situation to where when a kid found themselves backsliding or getting into that mode, they contacted the adults. Um, so we saw our actual, our reporting went up of reporting of, of, of the ideations went, went up and suicide attempts went down to, to, to zero. We've been doing it now for four years. Wow. And, and I, I can think of in that, Four years, I can think of one instance where a student um, had some self-harming, but even it was nowhere near the level that we were experiencing um, prior to prior to two, four, three. Uh, and so, wow. and we haven't had any successful suicides since we did two, four, three. And, and prior, we did have a, you know, I've had students in the past that have been successful in taking their lives and. And that's as for as an educator, I think that's one of the worst things you can experience is is a kid because you just like a parent that goes through it. As educators, you're like, what could I have done different? You know, what did did I miss something? Did I? Um, and, and two four three really is has been transformative in that area. Um, we have different kind of like this the shirt I'm wearing today, which is funny. I didn't even recognize it till uh, till I looked in the um, is our. It, you know, our rainbow one. And that really, again, it's, it's not about what you're against. It's about what you're for. And I, and I remember thinking, you know, if I was a student who, uh, if I was an LGBTQT student and I saw a bunch of staff members wearing this shirt, you know, what, how would that feel? You know, that would feel very different than, um, than probably what a lot of our students have experienced in their previous schools. And, and so it's not a political statement. It's just like, and how do you argue? Like the, the board was a little bit, I was talking to the board. I'm like, you know, we may have some people that are offended when we put out like the stickers and the shirts that are the rainbow two, four, three, but I'm like, how would they even like verbalize their, their irritation of that? Hey, I'm really bothered that you have a, a, we love you rainbow shirt. And it's like, Oh, I'm so it's like, that's, that's a, that's a you thing all the way. Like that's, that's. And so for me really, yeah. Again, I, I am a naturally a very political person, but I try to super hard because I feel like politics can ostracize. I try really hard to, to be very not political. Um, but 243 has is, is really been a good way to kind of draw a line in the sand so everybody knows this is what Roots is about um, and do it in a way that 
you can't be a nice person and argue against it. No one's come through and said, Hey, I think that that's, you shouldn't be doing that. That's a terrible thing you're doing. Um, because they know that that's what every school needs to be doing. That's what all of us need to be doing. We need to, you know, tattoo on our foreheads, the, the, the that we love everybody. Um, because there's so many people that need that. So that's kind of how that pillar came to be. Nice. Awesome. How can you, it's like, how can you argue against love? Like your shirt, it says two, four, three, it's rainbow. It's essentially just saying, we love you. We love you. And and we accept you. Where's the the harm and the wrong in that? There's just not. No. And that's, yeah, that's incredible, man, because I'm sure the LGBTQ students in your school, um, I'm hoping, and I'm sure it's like an overwhelming feeling of acceptance and that they're okay and that they're not doing anything wrong by them just being who they are. Yeah. All we want to do is be who we truly are. And there's so many things in society. There's our parents or our siblings or our friends, or whatever it may be, who try to push us against those things. But we just want to be our true authentic selves. And you're giving them that space. And I have so much love for you in the school for doing that because that is so incredibly important students at that age to know that they're accepted in this world mm-hmm. and that there is not one thing wrong about them and that they are truly loved. No, and that's, tell her, I love the idea. To, that's key. Know. I mean, that's the, that is probably, it's the most, it's, it's, it's the least practiced, but the most valuable thing is that, um, it's acceptance, like with no strings attached, <laughs> like, Exactly. There's like, you know, you know mm-hmm. and, and that's hard. And education is hard because, you know, you have a teacher who's like F you in class and gets kicked out of class. Um, our goal is to have them back in class in 10 minutes. and But that takes an adult in that room that's very like, you know, forgiving, loving to where be like, hey, I'm so glad you're back. Um, and that's not a typical education model. Typical education models, students removed. Um, maybe indefinitely from that class and definitely is suspended for, you know, the day. Um, and, and to me, I'm like, that's not, that's not what that kid needs. Like, exactly. Maybe it's what the adults need, but who are we, whose needs are we really going to, um, level up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And maybe then instead of the ego coming in and being like, well, you said F you to me and you offended me maybe switch that and be like, all right, like what's, what's going on in your life, man? Like what, there's something that caused him or her to act that way. So instead of me feeling attacked by my, because it's my ego that's saying, oh, well, this kid said this to you. You can't let that happen. Instead of that and being like, wow, this kid needs some support and love right now. Mm -hmm. Let me just be there for them so we can try to work through this together. Dude, and I love the idea too of focusing on what you want and what you're about as opposed to focusing on what you don't want. It's like, let's stop putting our energy into the things that we don't want and instead just put all of our focus and energy into the things that we believe in and the things that we want. It's like Mother Teresa said this, that she's like, she would never go to an anti-war rally, but if you invite her to a pro-peace rally, of course she'll go because she doesn't want to put her energy and effort into anti because the way that the universe works when we're focusing on what we don't want we're still projecting that energy out into the universe and we're bringing it more into reality and more into awareness and it's we're we're, we're making it more real 
by focusing on it, even though we, we think we're trying to get rid of it by focusing on it in a way that we don't want it, but we're still putting that focus on it and creating it. Yeah. Um, you know, and you look at yeah. even not to get too political, I, I would hear people that were arguing, you know, over the summer, uh, last summer about Black Lives Matter. And I was like, Black Lives Matter is a beautiful statement. Like, take the organizations away. Like, how can you exactly. how can you say, like, I hate Black Lives Matter when you're like, are you saying that they don't? Like, talk, let's talk frankly about this because, and other than some of the like extremeness of any organization, um, we need more of that that kind of a, a, a wording of saying like, you know, it's just like, so are you saying, you know, with 243 or Black Lives Matter, are you saying that, that, you, that you disagree with it? Like that Black Lives don't matter or that love is not, shouldn't be up front? Um, like, talk to me. And I think when you're, when you're pro something or where you're just saying, this is what we stand for, this is what matters, um, you're so much more productive, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and really it's, you want to create a, a culture where somebody who, who really isn't, you know, who is, you know, living a life that's opposite of what you're promoting. You want them to self-select so that you don't even have to say, Hey, you have to leave. Right. It's a matter of they're like, I don't want to be around, you know, a rainbow two, four, three shirt. I don't want, um, you know, to hear, you know, we love you all the time from teachers to students. It's like, okay, cool. Like there's hundreds of schools you can, you can take your kid to. There's hundreds of places you can go. That's actually where this shirt came from. A parent came in and said, Hey, um, my student's confused right now. You know, sh she wants, or she wants to be called a he, you don't do that here. Right. And I just said, I'll call your kid purple if they want to be called purple. I said, I'm not in the business of defining pronouns. I'm in the business of getting your student to learn and, and to be educated and to learn to, to find happiness, to, to, to love life. I said, so if she comes and says he, I will say he. And from then on, I will not refer to that, your, your student as anything but what they want to be referred to as. And I thought, I thought, how could I, it, it became an awkward kind of, uncomfortable conversation and i'm like had she walked oh, in and sure. i've been wearing this shirt she would have been like oh i'm not even I'm, it's obvious to me what the answer is going to be to that question mm -hmm. um and so that's yeah. kind of where we said I, I said we have to to be a, do a better job drawing lines in the sand so the discussion isn't even doesn't even take place people automatically know what yeah. our culture is um they know who we stand for and they you know, they self-select or, or, or they accept and they, and they grow with us, um, instead of mm -hmm. coming in and then trying to change us. So. Yeah. Well, interesting. Um, wow. Beautiful. We will, um, we'll definitely start to wrap things up a little bit. There are a couple more questions that okay, I, I definitely wanted to ask you. Um, Tyler, what do you feel like and you, you may be doing it right now with your school, but in life, man, what do you feel like your purpose is here? What do you want to create? So my, I, you know, I, th I think about that probably too much. Like I'm like, am I doing, but for me really it's, it's to show, it's show teachers, show students that there's a, a more peaceful way to live. Like we don't have to be at war 
constantly. We don't have to feel um, that 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 unquenchable need for more. Um, all of those things are you know are gone. And, and the way that I really think we need to teach that is that your your only job is to control yourself. And anytime you feel the need to control someone else, um, back up and stop. Like your only job is to love everyone and control yourself. Like if you can keep yourself mm-hmm. in control and love everybody, you will be, you know, a transformative human in this life. Like you'll change yep. everybody who comes in contact with you will be changed. And Mr. Rogers is the epitome. It really was the epitome of that, of, you know, no need to control anyone but himself um, and just live that life in a way that no one questioned his love for them. Mm-hmm. So. And it's like, it's not even possible to control someone else. It's imp- so it's like, why are we exerting our, right? Yeah. It's like, why are we exerting our energy and effort towards that thing that we can't even do? And it's like, why would you even want to control somebody? Why don't, it's like, wouldn't you rather them just be them? And be as long as they're not hurting anybody, wouldn't you rather just live their own fulfilled, beautiful life where they can just truly emanate who they are without feeling like they're being controlled by somebody else and they feel like they have to act in a certain way or do a certain thing to receive love from somebody? Yeah, that's such a good point, Mr. Rogers. It's like you never doubted him loving somebody ever, right? You just knew he did. Mm -hmm. Wow, that is that is honestly. Tyler, we're aligning on so many things, man. It's like, and again, it's love. Love is love is is just the answer to so many things. Stop hating on people. Stop being negative. Stop judging them. Stop trying to control them. Just like you said, just worry. If we all just did this, took our attention inward, we worried about ourselves. We tried to be the best version of who we are and just allowed people to try to be the best version of who they are. The consciousness of this planet, the reality that we live in, our society would change drastically. Oh, absolutely. It's wild. So wild. And then Tyler, uh, so um, this is a pretty, it's a pretty big question too. One of the goals, I would say the main goal of my life and Spread Love Movement is to shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a space of more love, more kindness, acceptance, oneness, empathy, compassion, Um it's just, and I know collectively, it's not just me who's going to achieve this. That's not possible. I know collectively, this is definitely a consciousness that we can get to. I visualize it all the time and I will not stop until we get as close to that, if not achieving that as possible. So Tyler, and again, you may be doing this already right now, but what did you feel like or what are you doing now or plans for the future uh, that you are doing that will help in this shift to this more beautiful place of consciousness? So for me, um, it really is dialing in, in my own personal life, um, getting rid of fear, like, Mm. like abolishing it as a tool, like never using it as a tool in my life and then not being afraid. Eleanor Roosevelt said every day, do something that scares you basically like, find what scares you and and do it every day. And and so it's those Mm -hmm. kind of things. It's it's creating an atmosphere where, where we're fearless. Um, I think turning off the TV, like advocate, I advocate Mm -hmm. that all the time. I'm like, stop, like, you know, until you've read all of Les Mis, you shouldn't watch TV, like stop watching TV until you've read, you know, Les Mis or something that really is a transformative Mm 
um, something, right? Or the Tao Te Ching or something that can really yes. bring you to, 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 to your senses. And so I, I try to speak publicly as much as I can. Um, I'm in the process right now of writing a book um, that should be out in the year, a year or so. So it's things like that of really trying to kind of show what Roots has done and let everyone know that it's that 243 is possible in any culture, whether that's a business, a school, a home, you know. And so um, mm -hmm. I think parenting, you know, we need to do a better job of teaching young parents like here's, you know, here's what society's teaching you that's completely false. Like if your kid loses mm -hmm. his crap at, at a restaurant, nobody cares. Like, so stop spanking your kid. Um, you know, like yes. little things like that of mm -hmm. like, you know, you, you know, and, and really what it boils down to is for me, if I could like spread one message for the rest of my life, it's that you can't control others. Um, you can only control yourself. So learn to really love others and control yourself. So, got that, man. It's like you you fully embrace like the ideology of love, and how powerful and impactful that can be, and how life changing and planet transforming that can be. And I, I love that that that's what you're doing is that you you understand this, and now like your life goal, your purpose, um, how you're going to help shift the consciousness is by just spreading this idea and at least giving it to people, right? Not forcing it on them, but at least giving it to them so they can at least be aware of it if they yeah. weren't aware of it before, right? Because there's so many people, and I was there, you know, where you're just, you're not, you you don't know it exists. And it, 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 I say this all the time, if you're not aware of it, it does not exist for you. Mm -hmm. It simply does not exist. So that's cool, man. I love that, that you're going out and just trying to spread the word and the message of love and acceptance. It's, it's a really beautiful thing, man. And, and there, it's people like you in life that are going to help shift the consciousness and that are going to really help the planet um, and at least show the path and show a way that there is another way to live. And it, maybe it isn't for everybody, but at least showing it to them so they can at least consider it and again, be aware of it and see if it is something that does resonate with them. Because I feel like in life, man, we just want to create more happiness and yeah. more love and right, more joy. We want people to love themselves and, and to just feel as good as possible. And I feel like we're, we're on a very similar thing where that's why I'm doing this is to help people that like, I, I realize how fulfilling and how amazing this feeling is. And every day I just think, I just want this for more people. Yeah. I love everybody. And I just want them to, to feel, you know, what I feel and, all I can do is try to give them, you know, some information or give them some ideas or things that have worked for me. And again, not forcing on them, not say you have to do it this way, but just at least present it to them so that they can at least see it and then make a decision and, and then go from there based on how they're feeling or in which direction they want to take it. Absolutely. And it, yeah. everybody wants it. They just don't know. Yeah. And, and we've created a society that teaches them the opposite. Like, Mm -hmm. You have to get it through these things. You have to get it through money, through acquisition. I'm like, oh, you can just wake up and have it every day. Like, it doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. Take a deep yeah. breath and wow. you got it. Mm -hmm. So real. There's so many times like in meditation or just in, you know, thinking during the day where I'll, you know, picture myself with this or with that or achieving this. 
and then I'll visualize like the happiness that I'll feel at that time. And then I'm like, okay, <laughs> step back and feel that happiness right now. Yeah. It doesn't need to be attached to these goals or the things I want to achieve. I'm able to literally feel that right now. And in feeling that everything else around you manifests, your goals start to become true because you're taking it from a different angle. You know what I mean? You're just, you're already there. You're not saying this is something I'm going to achieve. Once this happens, you can put yourself in that state of mind and that, and that changes everything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a chemical reaction. It's just training your body to release the chemical you need in that moment to, you know, it's, 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 we, we complicate it so much. So we do, we do. Wow, man, dude, I appreciate you so much, man. I appreciate what you're doing with the school, with all your students. I, again, man, I just can't even imagine having a school like that in high school. That would have been just wild. And you know, I'm grateful that I didn't know about that then because I, who knows where I would be now or where I've gotten to. Everything happens for a reason, but to at least know now that schools like this exist and you're doing something so impactful for, for so many students, man, just all the love to you. Thank really you. appreciate what you're doing. Of course, man. Of course. And before we cut out, if you want to just let people know um, on social media, um, and online where they can find the school, where people can find you and reach out to you to just understand more about what you're doing, maybe book you for a speaking gig, anything like that. Just let people know where they can find you and Roots. Yeah, so I, rootshigh.org is, is the school website. Um, and then mine, I just, Farm Principal is my Instagram. That's probably where I put the most stuff out. And that's a great place because it does give you, I just, a lot of little tidbits, a lot of little helpful mindset mind adjustments and then um tybastion.com um and really there's tons of free stuff like it's not for me i'm like i just want you know you can do two four three just buy spray paint spray paint it everywhere and 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 have your teachers talk about it um it's not these aren't expensive fixes (laughs) for our cultures they're actually way cheaper than what most schools and businesses are paying and so finding that, um, you know, you can find me on, on social media, uh, and then uh, YouTube, I is just mostly my documentaries. So cool. Perfect, man. Dude, thank you for taking some time with me. Uh, well, thank you. It's fun. I'm excited. Of... I love what you're doing and it's been fun to, uh, to, to start following it. Thanks, man. I appreciate that so much. Everybody, thank you also for being um, with us. Uh, This really was just a a great conversation. I love to learn. This was amazing. I hope a lot of people learn too. Um, And it's just cool to get different perspectives on life and how people are living and how people are doing. And this sort of a high school is different than I've, you know, maybe other people know of things like this, but this is pretty brand new to me. And I I just appreciate you opening my mind to this. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, of course. And everybody, again, thank you for being here. Thanks for being present, hanging out with me and Tyler for a little bit. And let's just end this with a a nice two, four, three. We love you all so much. Awesome. Thank you. All right, everybody. Yeah, you got it, buddy. Have a good one, everybody. We'll see you soon.